Welcome to Change Your Record, a podcast where stories of everyday people will be shared to help you change your thinking, change your living, to change your record. Host Melinda Schuster, that's me, will discuss topics that will include parenting struggles, life's worries, and mental health breakdowns. We'll be practicing grace, working towards forgiveness, and embracing growth, all while figuring out the change to calm the chaos. The information provided in this podcast is not a replacement for medical or mental health advice. Always follow the advice of your medical or licensed mental health professional. Adult language and swear words may be used. They will not be bleeped out or covered up. With that, grab some earbuds. Listener discretion advised. Today, I'm here with Dr. Yudi Ross to talk about imposter syndrome. She is an accomplished educational leader with 15 plus years of high impact experience spearheading educational programs, policies, and initiatives to strive for institutional growth. She has proven success in designing and implementing courses, strategy development of school improvement framework with change management and alignment behavioral management to enhance student success. She has a stellar record of architecting and accelerating the growth of academic learning programs. She has also been instrumental in developing pedagogical programs, including multi-mode, blended, and e-learning platforms for diverse groups. Dr. Ross is skilled in leveraging superior communication and analytical skills to deliver training, develop programs, and institute new policies. All right, so we are officially recording right now. I kind of let you know in the email, this is your, like, my first official recording for my podcast. So I was super excited whenever you jumped on and offered to discuss imposter syndrome. I was like, please come, please, let's discuss this. I'm so excited. Thank you for having me on today. It's, it's definitely an honor and a privilege uh, to be on here with you this morning and just to come in to share with your audience my journey, my transformation. I think that everyone has a story to tell. There's always, um, I do believe there's not a unique message, only a unique messenger, and it transforms yes. over to uh everyone's um, audience. So like you said, I'm Dr. Yudi Ross. I am an educator um, at heart. I've been in education for uh, probably about over 16 years now. And everyone would think that I've been an educator all my life, but I started off in the business, um, from business finance background, when I graduated uh, eons ago with my undergrad. I was in accounting finance for many years. The first 10 years of my career, I was in accounting finance. I did that for 10 years and I got completely burnt out. I got burnt out and the majority of my friends were in education. And I was like, okay, you got, they had their summers off, they had, all these days off, every time I turn around, I'm in the office, stuck at work, looking out the, the window. They're constantly off. I'm like, you have another day off? You have another day off? And it just dawned on me. Um, I live in Miami. And at the, at the time, there was a shortage of, in particular areas. They were, like, for instance, reading language art was um, a critical shortage area. I said, oh. You know what? I looked it up. Um, let me apply. Let me see what's gonna happen. And I just applied. My no educational training, you know, as far as in business. I said, you know what? I'm going to apply for English reading language arts. It's a critical shortage area. I jumped into it. Did all my certifications with the state. Um, Less than a year, I was certified. I got my first teaching position. Due to having to adjust our audio, we had to take a break in recording. 
and possibly for the duration of this recording, I, Melinda Schuster, host of Change Your Record, will also be known as Melissa. And now we will return back to Dr. Yudi Ross as she discusses her first teaching position at a middle school. Working at a middle school, that was my very first teaching assignment. And going in there, not having any teaching experience whatsoever, because I came from accounting finance background, I had to adjust immediately. when I said immediately, because what I had learned was that I came in, you know, once this, um, the teachers and the student go from during uh, winter break in December, then they come back in, in January. What they had did was they gave me all the trouble students that the teachers did not want. So they kind of pull all the bad apples and they yes. gave me all those students. So I had all the behavioral issues so the other teachers they all their classes was kind of evened out now and that's like okay I always tell this story because you know it was it was a blessing in disguise because it allowed me to have excellent classroom management because I had to learn immediately I had to learn immediately and that was that was the foundation for my um for my career in education. That was the foundation. And that's how I built my career going going forward with great classroom management, setting the foundation, setting th- everything in place. Because without that foundation, everything kind of tumbles. It, it, it really does. So as I, as I continue my career in education, I was there, I would say, I was very successful within education. I was, I became passionate about it. I would have never thought that I would love teaching the way that I had become to love it. I, I really loved it. Just, just see the difference that you can make and the impact that you have in the lives of children. It touches you and it just transforms you different, in a whole different way. It really, it really does. And to where I'm at now, you, someone would not understand that how I, I've completely went on this journey because when I started my doctoral program, I would say in, uh, I finished up my second master's, I was saying 2013, and then I immediately went into my doctorate degree, I began to change. I began, I, I began to change. I, I, was, I knew in, in the inside of me that I was losing my passion. I, I, it just, there was something within me just kept on pulling, pulling it. And I, you know, you have those little, those voices in the back of your mind, just keep whispering to you and questioning and and wondering if this is really what I'm supposed to be doing am I good enough for this have I messed everything up I kept ignoring it ignore but it just would not go away It, it would not go away it just kept coming back and I kept fighting with myself I'm like why am I thinking like this why are these thoughts you know I love my job I this is what you know I want to do it just kept coming back but these voices just kept coming back to me constantly over and over again until I finally had to recognize them and I had to pay attention to attention to them I I did and once I recognized that I needed to make a change I was no longer passionate with teaching in public education I knew that I still wanted to be an educator and I knew that my purpose is always to educate and to inform, but I had to come to a realization that my time in public education at this, at this phase was coming to an end. When I tell you it took me such a long time 
to come to that realization, it it's like heartbreaking just even like talking about it. Because it took me, I want to say, like almost 10 years. It took me almost 10 years because I remained complacent. I, I, I could literally do my, my job with my eyes closed. And to tell you the truth, the pandemic also kind of pushed, pushed me out. It kind of pushed me out. I had to, I would have, I would have, I would like literally cry at night saying that, you know what? I am doing a disservice to my students. I'm doing a disservice to them because I'm not passionate. And when I'm not passionate about it, you lost your sparkle for a little while. Exactly. I'm not giving my full 150%, but you would never know it. You know, like if, right. if somebody was to come into my classroom, if I was to be observed, they would think I'm doing a phenomenal job. But deep down... It's that internal fight. Yes. Yeah, yeah, it is. And I struggled with it for so long. You know, I always went to work with a great attitude I was never, you know, I never wore my feelings on my shoulders. I was a great team player. Anything that needed to be done, I was there. I participated in meetings, parent conferences, everything. You, you were the woman that people relied on. You were the backbone. I, w- I did it all. I was there. When we went on winter break in 2020, winter break in December 2020, my husband and I, we went to um, Mexico. We, we went to Mexico um, for a week. And while we were in Mexico, where I was laying on the beach and I got my iPad and I said, you know what? I'm going to send my principal an email. I don't know if she's going to respond. I don't know if she's going to respond. I sent her this long email, letting her know I'm going to go out on a leave of absence. I'm going to take a leave of absence for a year. Wow. I don't know. I don't know if you're going to approve it. I told her how I was feeling. Um, and I just hit sent. This is right after Christmas, right after That's Christmas. So brave though. That's so brave for you to be accepting of what you were feeling and be brave enough to address that with your, with your principal, not knowing how supportive they may or may not be in that with the school year still being in yes yes and it it was scary at the same time it it was I was I think it took a lot of courage to do and at the same time I was terrified because I didn't know what her response was going to be um because you know it had to she would definitely had to approve it and then it had Mm -hmm. to go through the district to get approved as well so she sure. could she could have easily said, no, Dr. Ross, we need you. You need to complete it, you know, finish out the school year, blah, 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 so on and so forth. And I either was, had to like literally up and quit or just stick it out, you know, mm-hmm. just internally be miserable and stick it out and or have to up and resign. And a couple of days later, she responded and she says, I support you. I only need you to do two things for me. Please train the person that I may have in mind that is going to come in and finish out the rest of the school year and to leave at least two weeks of lesson plans. I was like, that's all. That's it. You're like, I can do that if I can get this break that I need. That's it. I said, I'll leave you a month worth of lesson plans and I'll be more than happy to train whomever you're going to bring in as my replacement. I I felt that sense of relief come over me that, you know, she understood what it was that I was, what I was telling, telling her. And, you know, after we came back um, from break, I did have a conversation with her, you know, face to face. And that's how I began my transformation. But over the times, I was, did not even know I was struggling with imposter syndrome. It was, the word imposter syndrome 
was so foreign to me. It's just revelation right now that I've been suffering with, with this for years. So when you say imposter syndrome, what does that mean to you? When I, when I say imposter syndrome, it means to me that I doubted my abilities. I doubted what it is that I was able to accomplish because I could have made a change a long time ago. I let those, you know, those doubt, those fears, those undermining um, abilities limit me from doing what something that I know that I could have done. I remain complacent. I knew that I could do more. I knew that I was capable of doing more, but being a woman and being a high achieving woman at that also, I kind of downplayed myself. I, I really mm-hmm. did. And at t- looking back on my time when I was in public education, and sometimes I would go for interviews because I'm an adjunct professor at, at well as well. That's how I started my transition into higher education um, adjuncting. I would ha- at times I would look, at, especially when I would interview with male um, interviewers, I literally would downplay my my abilities to make sure that I'm not being intimidating to him to sit, make sure that, okay, I'm going to get this position. I don't want him to think that, okay, I'm smarter than him, or I, I know more than him when deep down inside, I'm like, okay, yeah, I really do, but I'm downplaying myself. Yes. I I really, you know, at times, and I had to like reevaluate all these things. And on, on this transformation journey, I realized that I'm not going to play small any longer. I'm not going to play small any longer to, and to uh, dim my light to allow others to shine because they may feel intimidated by my education or by my success or the things that I have accomplished. And it's taken me a long time to realize that. And, you know, talking about it and talking to other women about it is like a sense of relief because once you start voicing and sharing your experiences, you realize that how impactful it is to for others to hear as well. And they're they're able to relate to what it to your journey and what you have gone through. And now I'm not even I can speak about this like for hours and hours on end. I recently had a um a class, a class that I was teaching, I think it was principal of economics and it was for undergrad students. And I was sharing with them, it was a, um, a hybrid class. It was about 23 students. So we had to divide um, due to the pandemic, right. we had to divide the amount of students that came in yes. at once face to face. So I was, you know, I was sharing with them my story and I told them, you know, it took me a while to come into my zone of genius. I said, you guys are very, very young right now. You're like, you're in your early 20s, so on and so forth. I said, don't feel that you have to know your zone of genius right now. Throughout your life, you may develop multiple zone of geniuses. I said, you know, I said, here I am. I told them like, I said, I'm 46, right? Because they think that I'm like young like them. I said, no, I said, I'm 46 years old right now. I said, you know what? I literally stepped in to my new zone of genius. And and when I tell them my story, I said, it's like a fresh breath of air. It feels so invigorating to share. I said, when you find it and when you know what it is, it's like you can breathe again. I had to rediscover my passion. It, it it's just I it's just too, exciting. Would you say too that it's also about accepting that maybe we have more than one passion because we continue to grow and learn and evolve and and be exposed to different things in life? I would definitely say that because I was no longer passionate about a job that I was in for 
15 years because that was in that position for 15 years, 15 plus years and learning to rediscover and be passionate about something else. You're, so you're absolutely right. You can rediscover and learn how to be passionate about something else. But I do feel that fear and stepping into the unknown kind of hinder a absolutely. lot of women from doing absolutely. so. And I, I'm the first one to raise my hand. You know, the, I it, it hindered me. And what is why I want to share my story because a lot of my colleagues or a lot of my friends that look at me and they immediately, immediately from the outside, they see such a strong, you know, courageous um, woman. And I, I, I want to let them know, hey, I have issues and problems and I struggle j- the same as you do. So don't always look at me as that strong, brave woman that can take on the whole and the entire world and conquer everything. I want them to know that I'm struggling just like the next person. So now that I'm sharing my story, now you know my vulnerabilities and I'm hoping that it inspires you to step out of your comfort zone. You know, you may not be able to do it. And I don't think that I did it, um, you know, at a snap overnight. That's what I was just thinking. I was like, I feel like something that's very unique is that it's not like you wake up one day and you're like, oh, imposter syndrome, there it is. It's something that, like you said, it's these little voices, these little things that are just kind of not settling with you that you're trying to avoid because you're on this path that you decided. You made all these decisions to get to where you're at. And now that you're there, it's kind of confusing about this is not how I expected it to be or this is not how I would feel or I don't have that burning sensation or desire Mm -hmm. to do more Um, and it's like you said it took you 10 years before you were really willing to look at it and say I've got to do something to change I've got to adjust I've got to shift I've got to explore other opportunities because I do have passion and I do want to educate and I do want to do all these things but maybe this particular setting is just not appropriate for me anymore. Yeah, absolutely. And being right. brave enough. And like you said, having that courage to not stay in that comfort zone and stay content, but continue to allow yourself to grow and improve and give back to others, you know? And I, I do feel like we spend a lot of our twenties and thirties kind of honing in on those skills and kind of in a sense doing what we're told or expected and we get to that place and we're like oh is this is this it but like I still have more to give I still have things I want to do and how do I get there or do we just stay where we're at like you said and then we struggle with that internal like I don't know this is just not working for me you're absolutely right because you're, living, you're trying to live up to the expectations of what society deems as being successful. Yes. I, I truly, it did not dawn on me to say that, you know what? You're, you're capable of being an entrepreneur. You're capable of forming your own business. And here I am having a business background, having an MBA, teaching every single type of business course that you can think of at the graduate and undergraduate level and here I but I'm not I, doing it yourself yes can yes you, can you believe it if you yes. see my cv and all of the business courses that I teach and it was it's just mind-boggling to me it, it I st- you know it's like I stumped my growth myself I I really did so when I had this revelation is when I did when I t- hit that sent button on that email and it was like I was reborn I I really I really was and when I received the um approval saying that hey your leave is uh, your leave of absence is approved it just ignited the fire you know within me and all of these ideas started flowing 
And one day at home, I was like, you know what? I'm going to start my own business. I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to start it, but look how long it took me to do it. Mm-hmm. It, it, it really did. And that's where create a seat was born. Yes. That, okay. that's, that's just how it was. born. <laughs> <laughs> that is great though. It's great yes. though. Yeah. I think one part of it too, is being able to recognize our imposter syndrome having a support around us who is willing to be patient and kind and compassionate with us as we try to, like you said, rediscover who we are, or what our role in this life on earth is, is about and what our purpose is. Um, and in doing that, now you own your own business. So let's get into that a little bit and tell us a little bit about what Create a Seat is all about. Oh my gosh. It w- How Creating a Seat came to be. And then when I was thinking about um, the name for my company, I went back to uh, an old email that I had sent my dissertation chair when I was doing my dissertation. There were titles, and there was, there was five titles that I had um, for the name of my dis- dissertation, and one of them was creating a seat. Um, it was creating a seat in something, and then I took that title because that's I didn't use that because my dissertation was uh, women in academia and the struggles that they were going through in leadership, and I said, you know what? I am just so, I was so tired from being told no, being told that um, I'm not able to accomplish this or my time will come or, you know, stay here a little longer. Um, We don't have any um, opportunities for you right now because these are the things that I was told when I was trying to apply for jobs in higher ed. I just kept getting rejection after rejection after rejection. Oh, we'll keep your application mm-hmm. on file. We'll let you know when something comes about. Oh, you don't have enough experience, so on and so forth. And I just got fed up with it. I said, you know what? I'm going to name my company Creating a Seed Consulting Group because I'm now going to create my seat in the industry that I want. No one is not is no longer going to tell me no, I'm creating my own experiences. So you can no longer say, hey, Yudi, no, you can't do this. Hey, Yudi, you don't have the experience. I'm creating my own own seat and I'm inviting other women to my table so that I can help them create their seat in their, their desired industry as well. So it's a, I played off of a metaphor. So I love it. But that's how it came about. Oh, thank you. I do love thank it. Thank you so much. I'll tell you, it takes me back to a moment. I had started out in college in the teaching field. And I um, decided that that wasn't really the route I wanted to go. I went into criminal justice, which led me into a master's program. And in doing some of my observation hours under the district-wide counselor, she had let me know that whenever she came and moved to our area, her husband was a coach and he got hired because the district wanted him as a coach and being, you know, an educator's spouse. If you're also in education, sometimes you can't take the job because there's maybe not a position for both of you to, to, to be able to relocate. And she said, Melinda, they didn't have this position before I showed up. I had to present myself to them. I had to show them that I was qualified. I made my own job description and told them these were the things that I was capable of doing. I had the ability to do. So in a sense, she had done exactly what you're talking about. And that's one thing that resonated with me throughout my career so far is that if you need to be somewhere, if you want to do something for whatever, you know, if you need to be in a location because of circumstances, or if you have a passion to be to drive and do other things, you're exactly right. Like we have to be able to create our own seat at our table and invite others to join in to share our skills so that we're not all complacent. Yes, you are absolutely right, Melissa. I love that example. And that's what I'm so excited about. I am so excited about, and you know, being an educator, 
I've experienced my colleagues, they don't have an exit plan. They don't have an exit plan from the classroom. There's a lot of educators that are in the classroom and they don't they don't have an exit plan. They don't know they don't know how to leave. You know, I want to show them that you know what? You can utilize your skills, you can leverage your skills, and you can create other opportunities that will have passive income for you. There are so many things that educators can do, even when, even if you still want to continue in the classroom. Mm-hmm. You can do so many things on, on the side as well, but a lot of them are not uh, privy to the information. I agree with that a hundred percent. But I had to realize I'm I'm my own CEO now. Yes, and and I'm building. You know, even even though I'm just in the startup startup phase, it's a constant struggle. It's a constant grind. You have to work. I'm working harder now, even though I'm working from home, and I'm working to um developing my first course on imposter syndrome right now is something that I'm working on every single day because I'm so passionate about it. This is like my baby. This is something I'm so proud of yes. because I'm I'm doing it on my own. Yep. I'm doing it with no no help. Well and what I want to say I want not any help because I've met some amazing women, you know, in various social groups on social media and that are also entrepreneurs that when I need assistance, if I'm unsure about something, I don't know left from right, just, you know, for guidance, Yes, because this is something new for me. There's so much information out there that when you open up your mouth, you will get the help. Yes. You will get the help that you need. I've been getting so much assistance from perfect strangers. And then you make that connection. So you start to build a relationship. I have made relationship with people from like all over the world now. And I, I'm just like loving this now. I'm like, I'm reaching out to like, like-minded women that's assisting me and guiding me. It's like, okay, Yudi, you know, you got to do this. You got to do that. This is how you should do it. I'm like, oh, okay. Because if not, I'm just chasing, you know, chasing myself. And I may have to do things over and over again because I'm doing it the wrong way. But just to have someone to guide you and tell you, okay, these are the steps that you need to do. I so appreciate it. And that's what I want to do for women as well. Hey, I'm more than willing to share my knowledge with you because at times I wish there were others that shared their knowledge with me that, that simply just left me, you know, to fend for myself. So that is really what creating a seat consulting group is about. Let me ask you a question. In your, in your statement of women who have left you to fend for yourself, do you feel like people leave us to fend for ourselves, or do you, f- or, or is it more of, cause I'm a firm believer in, we are who we keep. And so if we surround ourselves with people who are complacent, then we as well become complacent. So do you feel like maybe you just hadn't been exposed to someone who had a little bit more drive and was willing to take that next step? And so maybe those women or those people around you also were kind of struggling with the same things you were struggling with, or were they succeeding and just kind of like, well, we're not going to share our stuff with, with beauty. Um, Melissa, that is an amazing question. And the women that I surrounded myself with, were very high achieving successful women. So I looked up to them. I I looked up to them to say, this is what I want to do. This is who I'm following. This is who I want to become. So when I would reach out for assistance, it's like, you know, when someone just give you just enough, just just give you just enough information, but not all, all of it. Mm -hmm. And I would talk to my girlfriend and I would like literally cry to her. I said, I don't want 
their position or I don't want what they have. I just want to know, hey, how did you get there? I'm not, I don't want your position. And it would be, it would hurt me so because I've looked up for you for so many years and here I am asking you. I'm I'm asking you over and over and it, it's, it's like, it's hurting me right now just talking uh-huh. about it. You're okay. This, I think, just shows how how much you didn't recognize at the time that you were struggling or you didn't have the knowledge or skill set to go in a different direction. And every avenue that you were utilizing to help get you to that next level was almost threatened to some degree, it sounds like, you know, and, and I do unfortunately feel like sometimes as women, we, we, we don't want our positions to be taken and we don't know how to share the table uh, because we've worked so hard to get to where we're at that we don't want someone else to come in. I see that a lot in my profession um, in private practice and therapy And, you know, I'm like, bring on, like, please come to me. I will teach you everything I know. Not that I did it the right way, but I will tell you how I've messed up the hardships. Like we need therapists. Just come on, get your education, get your training and let me help you. I've got stacks of clients who are waiting for a therapist. You know, we've got mental health is so huge right now and we need people. I would hate to think that I would ever turn someone away out of fear that they may take a client from me. Please take these clients from me. These people need help. Let's all work together and collaborate together to succeed. And it doesn't sound like that's what you were receiving at the time. You're, you're absolutely right. And I didn't even know that I was going to get like so emotional about it, but it was, it was, it was like so hurtful, you know, just to reach out to, women or just colleagues that I knew that I just like really admired and I looked up to and just was not given that guidance or just given that support or just given just a little bit of information no one I knew that they could have opened up doors for me if they truly wanted to and that's why it's like once I started going out on my own, making up, making connections. I'm like, you know what? I should have done this a long time ago. I should not have, was saying, rely or depend on someone else to do something for me. Because immediately when I solidified and formed my business, got everything filed with the state, started making connections, I started you know, I started, started back writing. I had put writing on the back burner after my dissertation. I started writing just, you know, my thoughts immediately. I got a magazine article was looking for, um, magazine was looking for publications from, you know, up and coming entrepreneurs. I submitted an article about my journey, uh, just on a whim. I'm like, okay, here I go. I got something to say. You know, um, they picked up my article. I got the cover of the first edition of the magazine. That's incredible. Melissa, when I told you, I cried. I I was home by myself. I cried. I didn't even know I was going to get it. The publisher, the editor, rather, she sent me it two days before it was hitting the stands. And her name is Melissa also. Her name is Melissa. I said, Melissa, I said, you chose me to be on the cover of the magazine. I said, I cannot thank you enough. I said, thank you for believing in me. And her response to me, she's like, Yudi, this is what this magazine is about. You know, believing in one another. And I just lost it. I was crying like a baby because I'm, I'm like so emotional. Yes. I was crying and crying and crying. And then I finally composed myself. And then I called my husband to tell him. And I sent him the screenshot that she sent me. And from there, I just started reaching out to people. Anyone that wants to, 
hear my story, anyone wants to share my journey because I struggled for so long and I do feel that other women do struggle with imposter syndrome. That's why I am creating this course to help them deal with imposter syndrome, help them identify, hey, what type of imposter syndrome that I may have struggled, you know, and struggled with over the years. Because research suggests that you will encounter imposter syndrome at least once during your lifetime. And it doesn't just um, apply to women. Absolutely so, you not. Know, Absolutely It not. doesn't just apply to women. Men struggle with imposter syndrome as well. So I just don't want to just feel that, you know, I keep talking about women, 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 right. but yes, men struggle with it as it well. It does not discriminate at all. Exactly. So tell us a little bit yeah, about absolutely. your course. You're creating this course. It's still in the process of being created. Are you, have you launched it yet? It's still in the process of being um, created and it's going to go over the five different types of imposter syndrome and how to deal with each one of the, um, each, each one of the types of imposter syndrome and strategies to work through them. And I, every time I'm recording it, I'm like, that's me. All of that's like, I've had all five of them. <laughs> I'm like, I can relate. So it's, I love that I am going through and I'm um, recording them because it takes me back when I'm doing my research and when I'm uh, actually doing my modules, I can relate to some part of my life that I have felt even as a child, even as a child, I am doing the genius. One of the imposter syndrome, that's a genius. I can relate to that from a child. And I'm from when I was in the third and fifth grade, I was like, you gotta be kidding me. You know, when when the genius feels that or he or she needs to know it all before anyone else and doesn't want to have ha, have to ask anyone for help, they think they need to be a a genius at everything and needs to be up to date on knowledgeable of everything that's a lot that was me in the fifth grade in the third grade I can I thought and it I didn't think about it until I started until you educated yourself on what imposter syndrome is and when I started recording it these memories started flashing back these memories that I had suppressed came back I was like oh my gosh so I think this course is going to be very impactful. It's going to be impactful for a lot of women and men that it definitely is going to be able to help them. I'm excited about it. I am very excited about what you're doing. Um, I, oh, know, thank you. I know that personally, that's something that I have had to reflect on and kind of regroup and do some soul searching and figure out how to reignite my passion or what area you know I've been in the mental health field for ever I feel like um and I've but I've worked in this area in so many different capacities you know I've I'm still doing what my education and the foundation of where I started but I've dabbled in so many different things that I feel like have made me a better um a better mother a better friend a better therapist you know, um, and now I'm on this new journey of podcasting. I mean, who would have thought, you know, not me, you know, right? (laughs) like you with your business. And I remember too, whenever I started private practice, the only reason I went into private practice is because my supervisor um, at a nonprofit that I was working for in not so many words basically said, your time here is up you're not going to get from us what you need. And she said, you need to go start your own business. And I said, you're crazy. And I don't think that's going to happen. And she just kept working and working. And I just, I mean, at some point I was like, what do you have to lose? You know, if it doesn't work out, you can come back to what you know, but what if it does work out? You know, Exactly. and you just have to be, 
I don't know. You have to be risky. I think sometimes, you know, you have to listen to your inner soul and be able to take that step forward. Um, But I do want to make sure that we touch on all of the things that you bring to the table because you are an incredible human being and you've got your creative business, which we touched on. You've got this amazing course that you've got in development. Do you have a time frame of when that might be available? Are you, where are you at? Yes, it's going to launch the week of June 28th. So I, everything is in effect. Got it, my timeline down. I already announced it on all my social Fantastic. media platforms. Have the countdown. So once I made it official on social media, it held me accountable. Yes. So. Yes, it held me accountable. So I am working diligently to make sure that everything is in place. And me being the perfectionist, um, that that is also one of the imposter syndrome. I am. <laughs> I am constantly working to uh, towards that. And uh, hopefully, if I do it before then, that will be great. Which. You know, I'm striving to do it before then, but I did put on June 28th. Yes, that is the official launch date. Perfect. Now, is this going to be something that is going to be done in person or are you doing an online course? I am doing an, an online course. Fantastic. So you're going to be able yes. to reach so many people by doing online. Yes, and that's just going to be the beginning because I am going to create a suite of courses. That is one of my ultimate goals. So this is going. To, this is like the. This is the baby of my courses. So I'm. So you're I'm absolutely like so going to have this. to come back and chat with me again in the future. Oh, you, you know, I definitely will. I am. I will keep you up to date with the progress of everything as well. Absolutely. And I will have to stay on top of all your social media and stuff because, again, you know, I've got clients that come through that I'm always looking for new resources. And like I said, super excited about visiting with you today because I specifically have one in mind right now that I'm trying to absorb all of your all of your experience just to help validate what she's going through. And it's just another person for her to recognize that you're not alone in this and, and it is okay to feel this way. Um and there's ways to push through it and redevelop. Exactly. It definitely is. She is definitely not alone. And anything else that you would like for people to be able to reach you at, find you, get connected with you, all that good stuff. So my website is www.creatingaseat.com. And all the social media, Facebook is creating a seat, Instagram is creating a seat, and LinkedIn is creating a seat as well. Perfect. So you can find me on all of those social media platforms. And we'll be sure to have your bio and all of your um, handles and links and everything in our show notes. Is there anything else that you would like for us to touch on? Anything else that you would like our audience to know or hear about you today? I thought this was an amazing um, opportunity to reach out to your audience to let them know that you do not have to be complacent where where you're at. Um, at times, fear does get the best best of us, and stepping into the unknown can be scary at times. It, it definitely is. But once you once you take that first step and you start to begin to walk on your journey, um, everything will appear. It, and I had to, had to learn that. Once I started to walk, everything began to appear, appear for me. And I want the, um, your audience to know that I'm, able, I'm there for you. Reach out to me on social media. Send me an email, UD at Creating a Seat. I want to share my resources that I have with you in any way that I can, because I know exactly what it feels like just to be stuck and not have anyone to help you along your journey. And I'm on the same journey that you're on. I just may just be a few steps ahead of you. So by all means, I am definitely with you. Absolutely. 
Well, I definitely want to acknowledge and show appreciation for your vulnerability today and being comfortable enough to be yourself and be authentic and be real with our listeners. I know that it's never easy to tell our stories, uh, and I very much appreciate you for taking the time to join us today. And again, I definitely would love to have you back on once you get your course up and going and we can dive into a little bit more maybe specifics of of imposter syndrome and kind of maybe what your course has to offer in a little bit more detail um, if you would be up for that in the future. I would definitely love to come back, Melissa. Thank you so much for allowing me this platform. And I'm so honored to be your first um, guest. I am like, <laughs> I am beaming. I am beaming. I love well, it. Well, that makes me yeah. so happy. It makes me excited to be on this journey when I get that feedback and get that support, you know, to kind of jump on this as well. So we will definitely be getting our calendars together. And um, again, thank you, Dr. Yudi Ross. Thank you. Um, for joining us today and um have a great day thank you you do the same and stay safe a couple of key points i took away from my conversation with dr yudi ross regarding imposter syndrome and being able to change her record to become more of who she really is first it takes time with her it took 10 years for her to ignore push away her thoughts and feelings and feeling inadequate in her role as an educator. And for her, it took a pandemic before she was willing to pay attention or to recognize the internal voices that were trying to let her know it was time to move on and to make a change. Once she was able to embrace her courage, she was able to change her record and to enter into more of her zone of genius. If you're unable to get anything else out of the episode with Dr. Yudi Ross, please let her encouragement of getting out of your comfort zone to be the push you need to change your record. And on a funny side note, she referred to me as Melissa in this episode, and I always struggle with people who confuse Melinda for Melissa. However, I chose not to correct her in this episode because I felt the value of her interview was far more important than me interrupting her for an innocent mistake. So I rolled with it. And with this being my first podcast and newly launched, I felt it was worthy of clarification. Thanks for hanging with me. If you're interested in show notes and any and all links mentioned in today's episode, visit changeyourrecord.com. And just a quick favor, make sure you subscribe or follow the podcast so that you can always grab an episode of Change Your Record as it's available. If you feel like my style is your style, I'd love for you to leave a review in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever your desired listening platform is. This is one major way that you can help rank my podcast, and it takes just a few seconds. Plus, I would really appreciate it. And remember, you must change your thinking to change your living to change your record. Thank you.